Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about anybody else this morning, but I sense a great outpouring of the Lord's love this morning. I know this may seem simple, but if you could just tell somebody that God loves you. Come on. I love you. Tell somebody God loves you. I don't know who's watching this morning, but if you can put that in a comment box that God loves you, God loves you. I sense a great outpouring of his love this morning. And if somebody could just receive it, I believe there's somebody that's watching this morning that believes they're not loved by God. But this morning, God has come to remind us that he loves us. I don't know, can we just lift our hands and receive that in this moment? Thank you, God, for your love towards us. Somebody needs to receive his love this morning. And the Father is pouring out his love towards us. And God, for that, we say thank you. There's a believer that thought that you had forgot about them. But this morning is a reminder that your mercy, somebody shout, his love is new every morning. So, God, we receive your love in this moment, we pray. Hallelujah. Do me a favor. I want you to go to your Bibles quickly to Leviticus chapter 11. I want to just say a few things before I go into my text. Leviticus chapter 11, it's the Old Testament book of the the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. We can find ourselves in Leviticus chapter 11. Here, I want to say this really quickly. I had peeked up my eyes in, in worship this morning, and I saw my brother-in-law, and my heart was filled with so much joy when I saw you. I, I, you know, I tried to figure out why I had so much joy when I saw you, and, it, and the Lord had to remind me it was not the joy of my own doing, because I had just spoken to you on yesterday. It was the Father's joy for you. And I want, you to, I want you to know something this morning. The Lord says you're his prodigal son. And he felt this sense, I want you to know the same feeling that the father had when the son returned is the same feeling that the Lord has concerning you. And I want you to hear this as well. There was one thing about the prodigal son that was so um, unique about the love of the father in that moment. Remember that the prodigal son had returned from a a, a pen of pigs. So he was so dirty, he was so filthy, but he had no clue if the father would receive him. I want you to know that the father receives you with great joy. and, And watch this. He does not matter your past. He does not matter your mistakes. He wants to say that he receives you with joy. And here's the other thing I want you to know, and I want you to receive this from the father. The the prodigal son took his inheritance too soon. 
He took his inheritance too soon and he spent his inheritance on riotous living. All right. And matter of fact, I'm not even sure if the son said if I would ever get this opportunity to receive this inheritance again. But the good news about God is that the, his word declares that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So no matter what you think you lost, God says, I can return it unto you a hundredfold. I want you to receive that this morning. The Father receives you with great joy. And even what you lost in the past season, God will return it unto you doublefold. Can somebody celebrate God for him? Hallelujah. 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 Leviticus chapter 11. I want to say happy birthday to Miss Alvera. I know your birthday was on this Friday. Can we celebrate God for her? And I, I, I promise you this is the outpouring of God's love on this morning. And, and what I love about God is that, that he's not a respecter of persons. That God's love towards us is the same as the one who's been saved a hundred years to the one that got saved on yesterday. And, and, and I'm so glad that no position, no, no, no past, no pedigree would determine God's love towards us. And hear this, I want you to know this, Miss Alvera, that God loves you dearly. And you already know that. But here's one of the reasons why God loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of your desire to please him. You're not perfect, but you have a heart to please him. And because of that, God loves you dearly. Know that, that God considers you the apple of his eye. Out of all your celebration on this weekend, you wanted to cap it off in the house of the Lord. And God sees your heart. And watch this. We judge people by their outward appearances. We judge people by where they came from, but God doesn't do that. The Bible says men look on the outward appearance, but God sees your heart. And God sees your heart this morning. And because of that, he loves you. Hallelujah. Thank God for the love of God. Leviticus chapter 11. I want to look at verses 44 through 45. Verses 44 through 45 taking us to a peculiar passage of scripture but I pray that we receive what the Lord wants to share with us on this morning. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44 through 45 the Bible declares for I'm the Lord your God you shall therefore consecrate yourselves somebody say consecrate and you shall be holy for I am holy Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 45 says, for I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt. Somebody say captivity. To be your God, you shall therefore be holy for I am holy. Let's look at verse number 44 again. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves and you shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall you devour yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
I want to minister from this subject this morning, our call to consecration, our call to consecration. Thank you. Hallelujah, our call to consecration. I want you to know that consecration is not just reserved for those that are clergy, but consecration is a calling for every Christian. Somebody say every Christian. Uh, that means we're not exempt from consecration. No matter your position, you're not exempt. No, no matter your pedigree, somebody say, where I come from. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exempt. No matter even our past, we are not exempt. We've all been called to consecration. We, we've been called to this place of consecration. And, and here's the other thing. This word consecrate in our text is the Hebrew word kadash. And one translation of this word is to dedicate. You don't have to be a baby to be dedicated. Uh, th this word means to dedicate. So in other words, we consecrate ourselves. Uh, in other words, we dedicate ourselves to the person, the purpose, and the priority of God. Many people walk around saying they're Christian, but they're not consecrated. We're not dedicated to the person, uh, the purpose, and the priority of God. That means God receives the right and he has reserved the right to use us as he pleases. Somebody say, my consecration. Uh, and hear this, better yet, consecration prepares us to be used by God as he pleases. Uh, did y'all hear what I just said? That means consecration says God has the right and he reserves the right to use me as he pleases. But if I don't consecrate myself, God can't use me as he pleases. Y'all got, got to stay with me uh, because God cannot fully use us void of our consecration. This is why the hymnist said these words, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. This means that consecration is the call of the believer. Uh, consecration is not only the call of the believer, but consecration is the command to the believer. And watch this. Somebody say consecration is critical. Somebody say it's critical. It's critical for the believer. In other words, consecration is necessary. Yet one of the problems that many believers encounter as they pursue their call to consecration is that we reduce consecration to a moment at the altar. We think we done got consecrated because we done laid before the Lord at the altar. Somebody say the devil is a lie. We reduce consecration to the laying on of hands. We believe because some preacher laid hands on me that I'm now consecrated. Somebody say, the devil is a lie. And, and we even reduce consecration. Watch this. Some of y'all think y'all going to come to the secret place and be consecrated. But the devil is a lie. Your consecration requires more. Because watch this. Consecration is not simply a momentary posture, but consecration is a pursuit. Somebody say it's a pursuit. I've got to pursue consecration. And watch this. Not only is it not a momentary um, posture, but it's a continual pursuit. Somebody say continual. I've got to continue to pursue this life of consecration. And I ain't just talking, y'all. This is in the book. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. If you're taking notes, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. The Bible says, 
pursue peace with all people. We love to stop there. But watch this. Somebody say, and holiness. That, that, that's consecration. Without which no one will see the Lord. Because our consecration is a pursuit. And herein lies the reason why we've endeavored this month to pursue both our corporate and personal consecration in the month of December. Our desire must be that we find ourselves obedient to this call and this command to consecration. I don't know about nobody else church, but this church needs to respond to God's call and command to consecration. Because we realize, watch this, that consecration is critical. Did y'all just see the text? The text says that we need to pursue consecration. Because if we don't consecrate, we won't see God. Many of y'all talking about God, many of y'all singing about God, but many of us are not seeing God. I don't want to be in a position where I worship a God that I cannot see. Somebody say my consecration is necessary. So this month we're going to endeavor to consecrate. We'll examine what it means to be consecrated. Throughout this series, we'll examine our commitment to consecration. We'll examine our confrontation in consecration consecration because there is a confrontation and even our comfort in consecration but this morning I want to examine our calling to consecration because watch this why why do I want to start with this calling because you will never pursue consecration if we fail to see the purpose of our consecration the reason why many people don't pursue consecration and watch this pursue it continually because we don't know the purpose of consecration I've, I've got to know what this calling entails. And in chapter 11 of Leviticus, this is where we find the children of Israel and the Lord revealing his purpose for consecration in their lives. And, and here's the interesting thing about Leviticus. Um, th this is where we find Moses continuing to give the children of Israel the laws that, law, that God had given them to govern their way of living outside of captivity uh, many of us and why is that so significant because many of y'all living like y'all still in the world and God has to give us um, 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 uh, rules to guide us or govern us outside of captivity and we wonder why God can't use us like he needs to use us is because we're still using methodology like we were when we were in captivity so, so God says, I've got to give you these rules to consecration. What does it mean? What does it mean? And, and, and watch this. And here's a critical thing. Some of y'all may be saying, why are we in Leviticus chapter 11, Pastor Keith? Because these are the Mosaic laws, all right? These laws are comprised through the first five books of the Bible. And then in Leviticus chapter 11, it's talking about these laws concerning foods that the children of Israel were prohibited from eating. And, 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 and in verses 44 through 45, uh, we find God's intent for these laws, that the children of Israel consecrate themselves. And I want you to hear this because somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, I thought that Levitical laws and the Mosaic laws were not supposed to govern our lives. And I, and I want you to know you're right. As old as New Testament believers were no longer governed by the law. Romans 6.14 reminds us that we are no longer under the law, yet we're still called to lead, lead lives of consecration. And I believe we can glean both revelation and application from this text as to why God calls us to a life of consecration. 
So here's what I want us to do. I want us to examine the text so that we can examine our call to consecration. Let's look at verse 44 again. And I want us to look at the first portion of verse 44. Notice what the text says. For I'm the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves. Here's what consecration does. It reveals our relationship with the Lord. It reveals our relationship with the Lord. Therefore, where there is no consecration, there is no connection to the Father. Did y'all hear what I just said? Where there is no consecration, I have no connection to the Father. In other words, our consecration identifies us. So my first point I want you to know this morning about this call to consecration is that consecration identifies us. Somebody say, it identifies me. Now, this is why our foundational text says, for I am the Lord your God, you shall therefore consecrate yourselves. This means the fruit of our relationship with the Father should be consecration. If I'm in relationship with the Father, the byproduct of my relationship with God should automatically be, watch this, consecration. I, so if I don't have a level of consecration in my life, that may mean I may need to question my relationship with the Father. Oh, this is why Matthew 7 um, um, verse 16 declares this. You will know them by their fruits. So hear this. You can't claim God as father if you don't produce the fruit of consecration. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because consecration is intended to identify us. You got a lot of folk claiming his name. You got a lot of folk walking around with the title Christian, but nobody's walking around with a level of consecration. My, my, my consecration connects me to the Father. So therefore, the question that we got to ask ourselves is, is watch this. It, it, here's the question. What, who does my fruit identify me with? Because watch this. We're all producing a level of fruit, but I've got to ask myself this question. Who is my fruit identifying me with? Oh, that's a good question, y'all. Y'all around here worshiping. Y'all around here going to church. You around here posting who your pastor is. But here's the way that we identify you by your level of consecration. I've got to consecrate myself. Some may not like this, uh, but, but our consecration or lack thereof identifies us. It's not your church that you attend. That identifies you. It's, it's not the so-called calling on your life that identifies you. Because watch this, we've all been called. And it's not the clergy that you're connected to. It's your consecration. And here lies the problem with many believers. We have many claiming his name but not producing his fruit. We wonder why we don't have any level of influence in the world because we don't have the fruit of consecration. Somebody say, I've got to consecrate myself. I hope y'all feeling this this morning. We've got to, we've got to consecrate ourselves. And, and, and other, one other translation of this word consecrate, stay with me, means to be set apart. Somebody say set apart. So in other words, the, fruits, the fruit that we produce should cause us to stand out from the world. Y'all got to stay with me. And the problem with many believers is that we're producing fruit of carnality rather than the fruit of consecration. Nobody can tell the difference between if y'all at church or at the club. I, 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 I want somebody to be able to tell the difference if I'm consecrated or I'm carnal. And God says, it's the fruit. It's the fruit of consecration that you produce. Ah, what do I mean? 
you getting drunk like the world. You deceiving like the world. And watch this, you're fulfilling the lustful desires like the world. But the devil is alive. We're called to be set apart, consecrated. I want you to see this, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you're taking notes, you're watching online, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 through 18, admonishes us with these words. Notice what the text says. Therefore, come out. Somebody say, come out from among them and be ye separate says the Lord do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty that means your sonship is dependent upon your setting apart or in other words my consecration and hear this where there is no sonship not only do we lose our identity but we lose our inheritance many of us are wondering why God is not responding to our pleas. God is not responding to our requests. God is not responding even to our cries because God says you're not consecrated. And consecrated, consecration, watch this, causes the world to know, okay, they're not like me. And it also causes me, watch this, to receive my inheritance from the Father. Oh, I don't know about somebody else, but I need my inheritance. Somebody say, no bloodline, no benefits. No bloodline, no benefits, and my bloodline is connected to my consecration. That means your inability to consecrate will cost you too much. Your consecration is necessary. It's necessary. And, and even more, watch this. Not only does your consecration cause the world to know that we are who we say we are, but our consecration causes God to know us as his own. Here's what I mean. The, the, the even greater question is, can the Lord identify you? It's one thing for, for the world to be able to identify me, but I, my, my greatest tragedy as a believer, I don't want to walk this earth doing things in his name, doing things for God, and God can't identify me. And God says, your consecration will cause me to identify you. You might know his name, but does he know your name? I want God to know my name. I know we love the saying, he knows my name, but he don't know it if you're not consecrated. And this is why Jesus reminds us in Matthew 7 that not everyone who calls his name and even who claims his name is his own. It is our consecration, our setting apart that will cause the Lord to not to say, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Because our consecration identifies that we belong to him. I don't know about anybody else, but I want to belong to God. And God says that your level of consecration identifies you. Y'all might not be happy after this, but I'm going to be happy. So the first thing I want us to know is our consecration identifies us. And now I want us to look at the second portion of the text. The Bible says, you shall be holy for I am holy. Whew. Our consecration is the Lord's invitation into our atmosphere. Y'all got to stay with me. Whenever I consecrate, I give God an invitation to come into, watch this, my atmosphere. Because whatever is not clean, God will not come. Y'all got to stay with me. We love to say, come Lord Jesus, but are we clean? All right, so here's the, ne the next thing I want you to know. Consecration invites him. If you're taking notes, I want you to put that down. Consecration invites him. 
How do I know this? Because it was sin that caused Adam and Eve to hide from God's presence. Somebody say hide. It was sin that caused Cain to be cast from God's presence. Somebody say cast. And then watch this. It was also sin that caused Saul to lose God's presence. Somebody say lose. Ah, so, so consecration is necessary. It Consecration, watch this, keeps us clean and our consecration causes the Lord to come. Ah, here's what I'm trying to say. You have to prepare for the Lord's presence. Consecrate yourselves. And your unwillingness to prepare for the Lord's presence in your life reveals your perception of him. I want y'all to hear what I just said. I, whenever I'm expecting God to show up in a place, this is why we're, we're preparing for consecration. Because we don't, we don't want to have an end of year prayer service and God not show up. So we've got to prepare for his presence. And many of us go to God any kind of way. Right? And we expect God to show up. But somebody say, I've got to prepare. I, and, and I said this, your unwillingness to prepare reveals what you really believe about God. Uh, what, what do I mean? I don't care how clean your house is, you will clean even the more when you know somebody of power and prestige is coming. When y'all know y'all got a special guest, my wife will have me cleaning the, the baseboards when somebody is special is coming. So it's in like manner if I know he's the king of kings. If I know that he's the Lord of Lords, if I know that, 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 he's, that he's all I need, we love to sing it, but do we act like he's all I need? If I know that God is on the way, and watch this, I may not even know he's on the way because the Bible, watch this, says no man knows the day nor the hour. So I just want to be prepared when he comes. I don't know when he's coming, but I want to be prepared for when he comes. And this is why our pursuit is continual. I've got to, I've got to prepare. So, so you, should, you should let them come. And you would let them come to your house any kind of way. And it should be likewise with God. You don't just let anybody come to your house any kind of way. I don't know about y'all that, but y'all, you just nasty if you let people come in your house any kind of way. And when, when we know that our house ain't in order. You know what we be doing when people come over? We start apologizing. Okay. Right, we apologize for folk that we know that, that I didn't have an opportunity to clean up like I wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. And many of us allow God, or matter of fact, expect God to come any kind of way. You want God to come through for you with your bill, but you, you, you did not clean the house. You, you, you want God to come through in your relationship with your family, but you did not clean the house. And we get, and watch this, we get to a place where we, where, where we don't have any other options. So we come in a place of desperation and we never clean the house. And we deny God's very presence in our atmosphere. Watch this. The reason that many believers are willing to consecrate themselves for the Lord is because y'all treat God as common. Y'all heard what I just said? Even folk, y'all got to stay with me. When Bree and Dominique come over to our house, that, that's family. Right? So they understand that we got two little kids. We get all of that, but we still say, hey, excuse the house. Excuse the mess because we don't treat them, watch this, as common. Many of y'all treat God 
That's common. We, we, we don't pick up stuff. We don't clean up stuff. We, you know what we try to do? We try to be like Adam and Eve and hide some stuff. Oh, y'all, y'all need to clean up and don't clean up and don't hide. Watch this. My posture and our posture should forever be like the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 6 and 5. I want y'all to put this in the comment box. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5. Notice what the Bible says. Then said I. He says, notice this. This is the prophet Isaiah who God has called. He says, woe is me for I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. In other words, no matter how long I've been saved, I can still consecrate myself. No matter how full of the spirit I think I am, I can still consecrate myself. Watch this. No matter how sanctified I believe myself to be, I can still consecrate myself. If the prophet Isaiah said, whoa, it's me. And hear this. Here's the good news. The very revelation that I'm always in a place of consecration causes the Lord to receive us. Y'all got to stay with me. I don't want y'all to get distracted. Did did y'all hear what I just said? The very revelation that I'm always in a place of continual needing of consecration, the Lord receives us. Y'all stand with me? So God just needs us to not get, so, so think more highly of ourselves than we are. And this is what gets many preachers in trouble. You've been preaching for too long and you start thinking more highly of yourself. We've been with God and seen his miracle working hand in our life for too long that we think that we're beyond consecration. But I've always got to be in a place of consecration. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how fully the spirit you are. I don't care how sanctified you think you are. You're always in a place of consecration. And how do I know that the revelation alone is what makes the Lord receive me. I just need to know that I'm always in this place of continual consecration. Immediately after Isaiah declared this, y'all can just read the text. I ain't got too too much time to break that down. But read the text. After Isaiah says, woe is me. In verses 6 through 7, the Bible says that he was immediately made clean. The, the angel, the seraphim, took some, some coals with tongues and touched his lips. And the Bible says that your iniquity and your sin has now been taken away from you. So God says, watch this. I don't have to work so hard to be made clean. I've just got to come to God and let him, him know I'm not clean enough. If I can always catch the revelation that God, I'm not clean enough. The Bible says he'll do it. Watch this immediately. Somebody say immediately. And this is where you get so many legalistic churches that bash people that have found themselves falling into sin. No, you ain't got to bash nobody. You ain't got to beat nobody into righteousness. You just need them to catch the revelation that I'm not clean enough. Because watch this. It's not your righteousness anyways. It's our righteousness. Somebody say in him and through him. it's the righteous I've been made righteous by the righteousness of God Ah, I just got to catch somebody say catch the revelation catch the revelation so that means you don't have to be righteous for the Lord to come you just need to catch the revelation that you're not righteous enough when we can just catch the revelation it's good and this is why this is a good um, point of reference the Bible says about the prodigal son that I spoke of in this morning that he came to himself 
Many of us love to say, God will take me as I am. God, I'm I'm still working out my salvation. I'm a work in progress. God is doing a work on me. No, what I need to say is that I need to come to myself. That I'm not clean enough. And then God says, if you can just catch that revelation, I'll come on in. Somebody say, come Lord Jesus. Come, come, come Lord Jesus. We have to know that we're always in need of continual consecration. And my wife said it this morning, because our righteousness is as filthy rags. That revelation alone invites the Lord to come clean us up, creating us a new heart, and consecrate us even the more. Ah, that's good news to me. And this is why our calling to consecration is so critical. But because our consecration invites the Lord. Listen, I'm just trying to lay the foundation for this month of consecration. Y'all need to know the reason why we're going to be praying, the reason why we need to be fasting in this season. And don't just say, Pastor Keith, I'm doing a little fast, I'm praying, and you're not really doing it. Because watch this, that my consecration is so critical because it lets me, it lets others know that I am who I say I am. That I'm a child of God. And it also causes God to identify me. And watch this. Consecration invites the Lord in. I don't know about anybody else, but I need God to sit on some of my situations. And I've got to consecrate myself. And watch this, the latter portion of verse number 44, and I'm going to be out your way. The Bible says, neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Where there is no consecration, we remain uncovered. Y'all got to stay with me. What do I mean? When you fail to be consecrated, you open yourself up to the devices of the enemy. When you're not consecrated, you open yourself up to the deceit of the enemy. And when you're not consecrated, you open yourself up to the defilement of the enemy. Somebody say, I remain uncovered. Ah, uncovered. And, and watch this. I'm not simply speaking of the presence of these things in our lives, but I'm speaking of the prospering of these things in our lives. Because yeah, yeah, you know you can be around sin and not, get, not become a sinner. You can be around dirt and not get dirty. And God says you can walk into places and you can tread upon serpents and not be hurt. But first, you've got to consecrate yourself. This is why you got a lot of folks in, in this, these some crazy churches. You got churches with big old snakes and, and, and saying we're going to handle snakes and not be bit. Those are some fools because they're not consecrated. God God says, and this is why I love, I love going around my family that's not saved. Y'all know that? And and coming out, watch this, untainted. When when we be be put away because of my presence in the place. Because God says, I'll cover you in places where people will be defiled. As long as you consecrate yourself. Somebody say, I've got to consecrate myself. Because watch this, what do I mean not only I can be in the presence of these things, but I don't want these things to prosper in my life. Because Isaiah 54, 17 reminds us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So if the device, hear this, of the enemy is prospering in your life, if the deceit of the enemy is prospering in your life, and if the defilement of the enemy is prospering in your life, it may be as a result of your lack of consecration. I want to go into places where... Jesus sat with sinners, but still came out clean. Many of us go into places um, of evil and wickedness and watch this. Instead of being consecrated, we compromise. So we begin 
to take form and conform to the environments in which we are in. But consecration says that he'll cover you to the place where you are not conformed. I don't know about you, but the Bible says that we're in this world, but not of it. So that means despite how saved you are, despite how much y'all church be in church for three, five, six hours, at some point, you've got to go in the world. And I want to be able to go in the world, remain consecrated and not conform. Somebody say, I've got to consecrate myself. I've got to consecrate myself. Well, ah, here's the good news. That consecration is our covering. I love going into my barbershop. My barber is not saved. I walk in and I know he done just got finished cussing somebody out. But when I go in that place, everything has to shift. Because I'm now covered. The good news is that consecration is our covering. Because here's this, here's my third point. Consecration impounds us. It impounds us. This word I-M-P-O-U-N-D-S. Impound. Y'all know how some of y'all parked in the wrong place and your car got impounded. Ah, consecration impounds us. Because here's one definition of this word impound. It means to confine within an enclosure or within limits. Ooh, stay with me. So in other words, when we consecrate ourselves, the enemy can only go so far in our lives. And the reason why the enemy is wrecking havoc in so many of the lives of God's people is because we're not consecrated. Somebody say, I've got to put limits on the enemy. Uh, somebody in, my, in the comment box say, I've got to put limits on the enemy. Uh, how do I know? Uh, when we consecrate ourselves, the Lord will put limits on the enemy like he did concerning Job. Y'all love to say, ooh, I got a Job testimony. No, you don't because you ain't consecrated. Because here's how I know you ain't got no Job testimony. Because Job 1 and 1 declares that Job was blameless, upright, feared God, and watch this, he shunned evil. Somebody say he was consecrated. Ah, so you ain't got no Job testimony. You just going through. Ah, and notice this. Despite the plans of the enemy concerning Job, God himself told the enemy this in Job 1.12. Ooh, this is good news. The Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has in your power, I only do not lay a hand on his person. Ah, many of us don't really know what that means, but here's this, because the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. In this world, you'll face many troubles. But God says, only do not lay a hand on his person. In other words, the Lord told the enemy that your devices, your deceit, and your defilement won't be the death of him. Ah, that's good news. That even though the enemy has plans against me, it won't be the death of me. Oh, that's good news, y'all. Some of y'all quit jobs the, the, the very same day because the enemy has created a device against you and, and you pray for the job. But you've got to go into that job consecrated. And God says the enemy will be able to go only so far. There's one person, oh, Lord, I wish I could say their name. But every job they go through, they always got something going on with somebody. And they always, every few months, they want to quit the job. And I really just want to say you need to get your behind consecrated. Because I don't care what job you go to, the enemy has a plan there. Y'all ain't going to like this. I don't care what church you go to, the enemy has a plan there. And y'all know what we like to do? That church ain't no good. That pastor ain't no good. But we don't know that the enemy also has a plan against the church. So I've got to make sure 
I don't care. Because watch this. Somebody is going to end up having a bad day. And I'm going to take a bad day from somebody else and allow it to be the death of me. This is why worship is so critical when we come to church. Because I'm trying to consecrate myself. Because I know the enemy has a plan even in the church. And I want to make sure that God can tell the enemy, you can only go but so far in this young man's life. And many of us, y'all got to stay with me. When we're not consecrated, hear this, we give access to the enemy in our lives. And the effectiveness of his attacks in our lives. So when I'm not consecrated, the enemy's attacks on my life will be more fervent. Because watch this, somebody say, I've given him access. Somebody say, I've given him access. And not only this, when I'm not consecrated, the effectiveness of the enemy's devices have become greater in my life. Oh, somebody say, I've got to be consecrated. Listen, y'all, let's say out a lot of counseling sessions. People won't have to lay hands on you. We won't have to pull you out of depression. We won't have to get you out of the crazy house if you could just consecrate yourself. Ah, we got to consecrate ourselves. We must fulfill our calling to consecrate because our life is on the line. Listen, I heard a former leader say this concerning their life, and I don't want that calling on my life. They said they had a Coast Guard ministry. That meant that they had a ministry always in the place of rescue. If we could just get the people of God to consecrate themselves, we'll do a lot of less rescuing. Well, we got to find out this, this daughter ain't picking up her phone for weeks. Now we got to go rescue. This one, we don't know where they done. We got to bail this one out of jail next month. And we don't have to do all this rescuing if we could just consecrate ourselves. Because we won't give so much access to the enemy. And his effectiveness of his attacks won't be so great on our lives. Oh, tell your neighbor. And watch this. The next time you have to counsel somebody that's going deep, deep, deep in a deep, dark, dark place, tell them to consecrate themselves. We're going to pull you out this time, but next time we need you to be consecrated. We need you to be consecrated. And this is why some, some church folk have lost their minds in this season. MIT Rondell said it. This is a great opportunity for us to open up our lines of communication with God. And God was looking for us to do that because he knew how difficult this season would be. And God was trying to prepare us. And I said this at the beginning of the pandemic. And and God was calling the people to a place of consecration. So this season would not take us out. And I've been trying to hold on and, and for the most part, thank God for his grace. Because I think our church has kept it together. We done kept some folk together. All right, but we've got to consecrate ourselves, especially in the next season, because I believe the attacks of the enemy shall get worse. Ah, notice this. Our desire must be that of Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. We must run to consecration, because consecration is our place of refuge. It puts limits on the enemy. Somebody say, I've got to put limits on the enemy. And I'm done, y'all. Not only have we been called to consecration, but our calling is critical. It's critical. It's necessary. We can't effectively walk out this journey that the Lord has us on void of our consecration. Our dedication to the person, the purpose, and the priority of God. Because when we consecrate ourselves, we declare, watch this, when we consecrate ourselves, we declare that our lives are not our own. To him we belong. We give ourselves away. 
And this calling is critical because our consecration identifies us. Our consecration invites him and our consecration impounds us. But even more, I believe verse 45 of our foundational text reveals why our calling to consecration is so critical. Notice this. The Bible says, for I am the Lord your God who brings you out of the land of Egypt to be your God and you shall therefore be holy for I am holy. In other words, our consecration invokes him. Somebody say it invokes him. Our consecration, watch this, causes God to move. Many people are fasting, but God ain't moving. Many people will have prayer services, but God does not move in those prayer services. You know what? You just sweat it from running around, and you tired, and you hungry from not eating. But I always want to be in a place where God moves. Somebody say, I need God to move. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about who's watching, but we need God to move. And God won't move in your circumstance until you move to consecration. Your calling to consecration is critical. God says, I want to move. But the sign or, 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 or the impetus for my moving is your consecration. Our consecration invokes him. And watch this. I'm telling you this morning, I'm not beyond the place of consecration. I, your pastor, may hear from God. I, your pastor, may pray to, for you uh, 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 to God on your behalf. I may do all of that, but yet I'm still in a place of always needing consecration. And I want somebody to give Deacon and Cindy a mic. Can we give her a mic? Because watch this. I need to be in a place where I can receive the prayers of the righteous. Because the Bible says that the effective, fervent prayers of the righteous avail of much. I'm not saying that Miss Cindy is perfect, but I believe she's in a place that she's always pursuing God. And listen, before I lead this church anywhere, I want to make sure that I'm in a posture where God can clean me up, creating me a new heart and consecrate myself. So I felt it necessary to be under the word of prayer this morning. So Deacon and Cindy, if you can come, I want her to pray over all of us this morning. Watch this. Hey, y'all. Some people are not watching this, and we don't understand how critical our consecration is. I want you to share this, all right? I want you to watch this on the replay. I'm laboring this month concerning consecration, and I pray my prayers that all of us be in a place where we invoke the presence of God in our lives. Amen. Let us receive Deacon and Cindy at this time. consecrated God if we don't have the desire we can't be consecrated if we don't understand what consecration is oh God so God we ask Lord first of all that you would help us Lord God to understand Lord God what consecration is oh God help us to understand what being set apart means oh God help us to understand what being 
dedicated and devoted to you, Lord God, means in the name of Jesus, Lord God. God, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to begin to wash us. Wash us, oh God, in your blood, God. Wash us in the blood of the Lamb. For your word tells us that the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness, oh God. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will begin to move in our lives, oh God. Begin to remove, oh God, those things, Lord God, that defile us, oh God. Remove those things that cause us not to be able to get to you, Lord God. Remove those things that separate us from you because your word tells us that sin separates us from God. And God, we want to be close to you, Lord God. We want to be near you, Lord, this morning, oh God. So we ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to begin to remove those things, Lord God, that are not of you, Lord God, that are not like you, Lord God. Wash our mind this morning, oh God. Every ugly thought, Father, remove it right now, Lord God. Every lie, oh God, of the enemy, oh God, that we're holding on to in our minds, remove it. Remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Every vile, every filthy thought, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, remove it, oh God. Every impure motive, remove it right now. We come against the spirit of seduction right now, Lord God. God, remove lust right now in the name of Jesus. Remove guilt, remove shame right now in the name of Jesus. Every ungodly desire, oh God, the things that we desire, oh God, to fulfill this flesh, oh God, we ask you right now to remove them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. The desire for pornography, remove it right now, Lord God. The desire of the things on television that we watch that are not pleasing to you, Lord God, remove them, oh God. We desire to look at things that of chaos, oh God, ungodly things, oh God, in the name of Jesus. People using every kind of language, oh God. God, remove it from us right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Every addiction, oh God, to cigarettes, oh God, remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, alcohol right now in the name of Jesus. Food addiction right now in the name of Jesus. Sexual addiction right now in the name of Jesus. God, help us and clean us right now in the mighty Oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, remove unforgiveness, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. God, you said for us to be holy, for you are holy, oh God. God, help us to desire to live holy, oh God, to walk in your ways, oh God, to follow your truth oh God the word said Jesus left us an example that we should follow oh God help us Lord God in the name of Jesus to represent Christ oh God give us the desire oh God oh remove our ways oh God remove our thoughts oh God remove our feelings oh God in the name of Jesus and replace them with the things of you Lord God help us today to say Lord not our will not our will, Lord God. Not our will, Lord God. But thy will be done. Your will be done, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Sanctify us, Lord, right now, we pray. Sanctify us. 
Purify us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness, oh God. Wash away our sins, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Cleanse us of our iniquities, oh God. Those things that we can't seem to let go of, oh God. That we let go of one day and they're back the next day, oh God. Cleanse us of our iniquities, oh God. Wash us, oh God. Every ungodly desire, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Forgive us, oh God, and wash us and cleanse us, oh God. Remove everything that's not of you, Lord God. Wash our mind, oh God, that we might have the mind of Christ. Wash our eyes, Lord God, that we may see like you see. That we might see with your eyes, oh God. Wash our ears, oh God. That we can hear your voice and recognize your voice, oh God. Wash our hands, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Cleanse them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. That we'll do with them, oh God, only the things that please you, God. Wash our hands, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Wash our heart, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Cleanse it, Lord God. Create in us clean hearts, as it's been said. Renew within us the, uh, the right spirit, oh God. A steadfast spirit, oh God. A loyal spirit to you and to the things of you, Lord God. And wash our feet, Lord God. That may, they may only go to those places, oh God. That where you send us, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh God, wash us today, Father. Wash us in the blood. Wash us in the blood. Wash us in the blood. For if you wash us, Lord, we shall be cleansed. If you wash us, Lord, we shall be made whole, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Remove everything that's not like you, Lord God. Remove it, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Remove words from our mouth, oh God, that are not pleasing to you, Lord God. You said let our words be gracious, seasoned with salt. God calls us not to continue to speak the unholy words, unkind words, hateful words. Wash us, oh God, afresh and anew, Lord God. And help us, Lord God, in these last days of this year, Lord God, to continue in pursuing consecration, oh God. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. Give us the strength. Give us the strength, Lord God. Give us the strength. Help us, Lord God. Oh, help us, Lord God. How we speak to each other. Help our husbands of how they speak to their wives. Help our wives of how they speak to their husbands, oh God. Forgive them, Lord God, and help them, Lord God, to be uplifting to each other, to be encouraging to each other, to be loving, oh God. 
to love each other as you have loved them, Lord God, to be gracious if you have been gracious to them, each other, Lord God, to them, Lord God, and to be forgiving, Lord God, as you have forgiven them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And Lord, we lift up our pastor right now. God, this morning, you know what he needs, Lord God. You know his heart. You know what's going on in his mind. You know his thoughts, oh God. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that any thought that's not of you, that you cast it down. Every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of you, Lord God. You cast it down, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Cast it out, oh God. And bring his every thought under the captivity and the obedience of Jesus Christ, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you strengthen him, Lord. You encourage him, Lord God. You clean him up, oh God. There's anything, those things in his life, Lord, that are not pleasing to you, that are not like you, Lord God. You remove him. You wash him right in the name of Jesus. Wash him afresh. Wash him anew, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Renew the covenant, oh God, that you've made with him, oh God. Renewed obedience today, oh God. Renewed trust in you today, oh God. Renew confidence in you, Lord God. Renew belief in you, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Guard his heart, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Guard it, Father. Remove those things in his heart that is not of you, that's not like you, Lord God. Remove them, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Check every ungodly emotion, God, in the name of Jesus. And remove them right now, God, in the name of Jesus. We come against the spirit of depression, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, God. And have your way right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Build him up where he's weak, Lord God. Strengthen him, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Strengthen him, Lord God, for the journey that you placed him on. Strengthen him for the work, Lord, that you've given him, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And God, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would help him to see what you see, Lord God. Help him to see with your eyes, oh God. Help him to hear, Lord God, your voice, oh God, and your voice only, oh God. We know there are a lot of voices talking to him, Lord God. But God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will give him the discernment to hear what you are saying in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God. And we bless you, Lord God. And it is in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus that we pray. And the people of God said, amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. I thank God once again for Deacon and Cindy and definitely for Pastor Keith Babb. Uh, on this morning, I, I don't want you to feel robbed. And the word was mighty and it declared so much about consecration. I, I, I have no idea where we're going next week because there was so much packed into this word. But I know one thing. 
on today, regardless if you're in the house or in your house, if you're in your car, if you're at work, I don't want you to be robbed of the chance to get right with God on today. One of the greatest things I love about Pastor Keith and anybody that's been mature in the faith for just a little while, you understand that you can just turn just a little bit of the wrong way and realize you got to get right back into a place of consecration. But what if you're that person? Maybe you're not the prodigal son because you didn't even know you had a house to go back to. So I'm speaking to you in these moments right now. Maybe you're the, the person that never knew who God was, but this message on today brought you to the knowledge that you need a Savior. So on this morning, in this time, this is dedicated to you alone. That if you don't know who the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ is, he can be your Lord on today. And so we thank you just for tuning in for something that you've heard, that your faith might have been increased on today. Well, we just need you to have faith one more time and believe that he can save you. And it's as simple as this. If you admit that you're a sinner, we all had to do it. Just admit that you are in a place of sin and you've never had a Savior that can come and save you from it. Well, Jesus can do that for you right on today. And then you got to believe in your heart that he is Lord, that he died on the cross, that he is the Son of God, and that he rose again. And then after you've done those two things, it's as simple as this. God, confess it. Confess it with your mouth. And it's really a heart thing. Because guess what? God doesn't leave the people that are mute out of heaven. I promise you, he hears you even when your mouth can't be open. So I don't care if you're in the hospital bed, if you're in the car, or if you're in a place where you just can't speak his name. I guarantee you, if you confess him as Lord and Savior on today, you shall be saved. And so that moment was just for you. And so, you know, there are some of us that, yes, we've confessed the Lord, but we got into this place where we stopped inviting him. We stopped invoking him. We stopped getting to a place of consecration. And, and no, it wasn't from the pandemic. It was just life. So on this morning, on this afternoon, whatever time you may be hearing this, God, we just want you to, to go back into the fold. We, we want you to come back. Come back into a place of consecration. Come back to a place of being clean. And one of the greatest things, if you missed it, that Pastor Keith said when he was talking about Isaiah, he didn't have to go to a 13-week plan to get back right with God. He did it in an instant. But the instant came when he realized where he was. So we thank God for your moment, even right now, that you realize where you are. And if you're not in a place of consecration, God can bring you back right now. And so, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the people that, one, didn't know who you were, the ones that know who you were and want to come back. And we believe that you're touching them even right now to be in a place of consecration. And last... What if you don't have a church home? What if you, you know who God is and you, you're trying to be in a place of consecration, but you don't have direction. You don't have a pastor that can lead you into the place to staying consecrated. Well, we're looking for you on today. Right now, it doesn't matter if you come into the building. I promise we'll contact you from wherever you are. I promise we want to lead you even on today. Pastor Keith studies the word of God, not just for himself, but that somebody else might know who God is. So on today, if that's you, if you're looking for a church home, I promise you we're still here with open arms. The doors of the church never did close. It's only for you. This is how God allowed us to do more. He had to walk everywhere and preach the gospel. 
he was the gospel, but on today, we can go over the airways, we can speak in our neighborhoods, we can be on podcasts. We thank God for every way that you may be able to do it. But God wants you to be connected. Somebody that's praying for you. So if that's you on today, you know what? You can leave it in the comment box or better yet, if you can email us at churchoffice at waytampabay.org. That once again, that's churchoffice at waytampabay.org. And we will get right back with you. We thank God for every single person that tuned in on today. Just a couple of quick announcements and then we'll be out of your hair. December is being a busy month. Don't let the media fool you only with pandemic talk or talk of hurry up and get your presence online. This is the busiest season ever that they'll be mailing out packages. Well, more importantly, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. On this month, we are celebrating Jesus. So what better gift but to be consecrated and set apart for him? And so all month long of December of 2020, we'll be teaching about consecration. They'll be on our Sunday and midweek service. Pastor Keith will be teaching through our poor groups. Please get connected. Don't miss out on this month. This is important. Uh, weekly congregation prayer calls. Just on Friday, we had one. And we'll be having another one on tomorrow. We will be... Uh, we will be fasting corporately as a church and we'll be closing out in prayer virtually through the secret place on December 31st. Once again, anybody can attend as long as you do it virtually on December 31st. God is preparing something major in the land in the net in the land in the next coming days. The people of God must be prepared for what the Lord will do. So we're asking the entire congregation to make plans to consecrate themselves in the month of December. Is that okay? And like I was just saying, on tomorrow night at 7 p.m., we will be coming together for our second congregational prayer in the month of December. And then we will be sending you out email and text messages on how you can be connected on tomorrow. We also have midweek Bible study this week, and that is December the 10th at 7 p.m. Facebook Live. Please share the stream. We want to see as many people as possible on, on that Bible study. And once again, on next week, Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m., we're going to be continuing on with the series Consecrated. And we would desire that 100% of the membership be tuned in. If you didn't see somebody on the line today in the chat, tell them you missed them and they need to log on because we truly do. And lastly, our poor groups. Don't forget to join the poor groups in, in prayer once again uh, on this week. You talk to your poor group leader what your designated day is for prayer. We want everybody to be connected. And so that lastly, but not least, this is your way to give, your offering to God. And we'll be doing that right now. Um, there's a couple, there's three different ways you can give. First, you can give on our website via PayPal at waytampabay.org and then just click on the giving button and follow the directions from there. Next, you know what it is, Cash App. You guys love it. We had to do it. You can also give via Cash App and simply you go dollar sign the way church of TV. Thank you so much, everybody that's putting it in the comment box. And last, you can mail it in at P.O. Box 280003. Tampa, Florida, 33682. Once again, let me read that to you. P.O. Box 280003, Tampa, Florida, 33682. And I got one more announcement from Pastor Keith right before I've been a dick. 
Hey, quickly, I, I want to encourage the church and all that are watching. Somebody may be saying, yeah, why are we doing all this praying in the month of December? Somebody, I, I even felt this in my spirit. I can't wait for that prayer to be over. Hear this. In this season, we need prayer. All right. Jesus said this in the Garden of Gethsemane. He told the disciples, can't you keep watch for, with me for, but, for an hour? And they kept falling asleep. And watch what happened. The enemy approached them in a time of prayer. God is saying that we need to be vigilant. We need to be sober for our enemy is seeking around, seeking whom he may devour. He's like a roaring lion. So in this season, we've got to push ourselves past those five-minute prayers. All right, somebody put that in the comment box. Push myself, all right? We've got to push ourselves in this season because if y'all can't last that prayer that we just had to Benedict, uh, I mean, just after I prayed, then you're going to miss out on what God is doing in this season. All right, don't even log on to the secret place if you can't pray for more than five minutes. All right, you you just going to be out of gas. All right, so we've got to push ourselves. All right, somebody say that in the sanctuary, push ourselves. All right, we've got to push ourselves into prayer. In this season, I'm trying to move beyond what I was, okay? So we need to push ourselves in prayer and pray fervently, all right, and pray without ceasing. Amen. And I just wanted to share that, Pastor Cole. A hundred percent agree, because just like he said, it's amazing when you, if you've ever sat down and said, oh, this week I'm going to pray every morning, and then you start, and then you imagine the thoughts that come into your head. You start thinking about every, did the dishwasher on? Did I leave the stove on? You don't even have a stove. No, the microwave not on. The devil will take your mind every little place. That's how the enemy comes in. So you wait for horns and, th and thorns and costumes. That ain't it. The devil trying to get away your communi communication with your father. So on today, as we're standing or wherever possible, you may be. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now, God. We thank you that, that we're going to fall in love with you again. Just like our first crush, how we could speak to them for hours. We never wanted to get off the phone. We, we, we didn't care if they just whispered to us, God. God, we just want you to whisper in our ears once again, God. That even when we're tired, we want to hear from you. That, that, that something that happened on today, we want to communicate with you, God. We want to see prayer differently. We want to see it that we adore every moment with you. That we lift you, we appreciate everything that you do for us, the known and the unknown. So we thank you right now, God, as we uh, are about to close out and, and, and be leaving from this building, God, never let us leave from your presence. Whatever we may be doing, God, until we be able to gather once again, God, we want to be in your presence. So even right now, God, for the person that can't think of the words to utter, we thank you for Jesus being an intercessor on our behalf. So we thank you even right now, God, that he might speak words into our ears that we might be able to speak to the Father. So we thank you, God, that on this week, our prayer life got a little stronger. We went from five minutes to 10, God. And from more and more, we go from 10 to 20, God. You're taking us higher. But God, it's only because we had the desire to be in your presence. And that only happens through consecration. So God, even right now, God, help us to see the things that we need to separate from. Help us to see those things on this week, God, that we might prepare for more. And it's all done through Jesus' name. Call somebody on this week. Let them know that you miss them. Tell them to tune in on next week. And until next time, we love you.
from the way church attends. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.